Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are definitely not hearing elsewhere. We'd love you to contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our shows and interviews, strategicinvestorradio.com. Today is April 1st, 2016. This is no April Fool's program. I'm Charlie Wright, and we're very pleased to have with us here in the studio Gary Carmel, president of CWS Capital Partners, a real estate management company in Southern California, owning and operating luxury apartment communities throughout the U.S. Gary is a CFA, an MBA, and author of the recently published book, The Philosophical Investor, Transforming Wisdom into Wealth. Gary, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. It's my pleasure. So, Gary, let's start with a little bit on your book. Uh, Why did you write this book? Well, I wanted to prove that uh, people with a liberal arts background could actually be successful in the world of finance and real estate. (laughs) But in all seriousness, there is – I have found over my long career, nearly 30 years at CWS Capital Partners, that uh, there is definitely a need for multiple tools in one's toolbox to evaluate big trends and to synthesize that information in a way where you can take actionable – where you can take action. And so having a background in philosophy, economics, demographics, social trends, politics, things like that. Interest uh, rates. Interest rates, exactly, are are very, very important. And so, but when I did take a step back, at the heart of the book is this belief, strong belief, that there's a dynamic intersection between intelligent investing and intelligent living. And that uh, true wealth goes beyond the financial realm. And uh, one of the philosophers that was very influential for me or has been that's uh, cited in the book is Arthur Schopenhauer, a very crusty 19th century German philosopher. And he said something to the effect that uh, the first 40 years of life provide the text and the next 30 the commentary. And so I kind of got to that point. Hopefully, my life expectancy is beyond the 70 that maybe it was back then. But uh, that really I was kind of going on this journey with a very interesting and unique company that has been around for nearly 50 years. And I kind of grew up in this company. And uh, I've gotten to a point where I could take a step back and reflect and communicate some of those important lessons learned, including some of the mistakes and challenges and uh, opportunities we took advantage of. So, Gary, who is the audience for the book? I'd like to say it's uh, deep pockets and deep thinkers. It's uh, people that are not interested in just surface-level answers. They want to understand why people make the decisions they do in a world of imperfect information. And people that have uh, capital that they want to deploy and uh, hopefully do intelligent things with it. So, uh, you know, Gary, I have read the book. I have it sitting right here in front of me, as you can see. You've got some very interesting things that you bring up in the book here. Let me ask you a few questions about them here. You talk repeatedly, especially in the early parts, about tectonic shifts. What do you mean by that, and what tectonic shifts do you see occurring today? Sure. I I would, uh, I guess, define a tectonic shift as... A a powerful event that changes the trajectory of a business, an industry, or a life. And had they not occurred, the path would have gone one way, but because it occurred, it went another way. 
and uh, these tectonic shifts I've experienced both you know in, in a business sense and an investment sense and, and, and personal things that have happened as well and they don't typically just happen out of the blue they are typically forces that build up over time so someone that's paying attention with a curious mind uh, can kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together hopefully in ways that can allow them to take action to avoid loss or to take advantage of opportunity when they occur so you ask what some of them may be uh, speaking very personally about our business which is rental apartment communities we felt that there was a tectonic shift that happened in the aftermath of the subprime catastrophe where home ownership uh, became too easy uh, for people as loans were originated to people with very little credit, very you know small down payments, and without an experience of being homeowners. We all know that ended up in a disaster for the economy. It almost took the world economy down. And so our thesis was pretty simple. In the aftermath of the Great Recession, home ownership was going to be dead, essentially, for a long period of time at the margin. So for every household being formed, there was going to be a very high probability they were going to rent because the people had bruised credits uh, or credit. Mortgage standards were tightening up, so people had to... Uh, build up the down payments and credit history in order to qualify for much more difficult-to-access mortgages. People were psychologically bruised and scarred by what happened. The economy needed flexibility to have people go to where the jobs were, and renting allowed for that flexibility. And then you look at the social trends or demographic trends of uh, the millennials coming of age, becoming prime renters, other issues such as student loans burdening people that can't get mortgages because of that, and uh, the uh, delayed marriages and having kids later, which is a, a, a stimulus for forming a new owner household. You put all of that together, and we, we thought, combined with very little new construction, because banks were being bailed out by the government, that they were not going to lend money for developers to build new apartments for a while or single-family homes, that this was a, a tectonic shift that was going to be a very powerful trend that we would be able to take advantage of. Well, congratulations. You guys certainly did, because as we've had several other guests on the show talk about the importance and the growth of the rental apartment industry and how in the past, since 2008 at least, that has been a strong growing industry. Do you happen to see other tectonic shifts or other ways that that, that I would say connecting the dots uh, investors should be looking at today? Well... It's. Uh, I guess one of the things I've learned is to um, generally stay in one circle of competence. So I think of these trends more as how they may impact real estate. But just taking a step back, there's clearly technological trends with regard to the more interconnected social media world that we're in. People and companies gravitating to the cloud. Um, you have virtual reality, gaming. We have the aging of society, so a whole transformation of what it means to live out in retirement and what do those communities look like, how do people spend their time. So I guess those are some of the larger ones. I, I can't necessarily say, uh, I mean, how I would take action from our perspective are to go to cities where there are highly educated workforces with good qualities of life 
because employers are looking for technologically savvy, well-educated, communication-oriented, smart people. And so from a real estate perspective, those are the types of locations we want to gravitate to. Very interesting here. Also in the book here, Gary, you have a thing you call, you refer to repeatedly as the Munger moment. Now, we all know that Charlie Munger is the partner, okay, of uh, the famed investor Warren Buffett. How do you describe what a Munger moment is? He has a really, first of all, he's just a brilliant guy, as we all know, and uh, an incredible amount of wisdom. So he's a huge influence for me. And I remember in 2009, 2010, as we were assessing this tectonic shift with regard to apartments, I, in one of our first funds we put together, I used a probably a three-paragraph quote from Munger that described what a Munger moment is and how we thought apartments were facing this. And essentially, it's this. There are times in life, and they're not often, but if you're well aware of how to assess the risk and reward, and when the odds are incredibly in your favor. And you've been, what Munger says is to do that, you need a curious analytical mind that looks at the world holistically, and you're able to form this powerful picture that's unfolding. And usually those moments occur because there has been some kind of mania that has left some carnage in its wake. And what's happened is the people that bought in at the top and got sucked in are now without money, they're playing defense, and they're on the sidelines. But if you were patient, you were rational, uh, and you had a connection to what was going on inside yourself and knowing how susceptible one is to fear and greed, and you stayed out of the fray, well, now you have money when other people don't. And it's those situations when there's so much pessimism, there's no capital available, and things are at a bottom where you can strike and make a huge difference in the financial outcome of your life. And that's what I would uh, say is a munger moment or the characteristics of one. So that's kind of when I propose to my wife. <laughs> and those are the kind of munger moments we're looking for in life, right? Yeah, really. I mean, if you didn't do it, your life would have probably, I mean, clearly have gone in a different direction and presumably not as fulfilling and as meaningful. And that's really the case here. When we took advantage of the Munger moment for apartments, we changed the lives of many of our investors, and you know, we reap the rewards itself. So, Gary, we need to stop for a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a very, in my mind, controversial decision that uh, you and CWS made years ago about interest rates that uh, I think is an anomaly in the industry and certainly runs against the grain of what many people have done and many people are thinking today. So, again, we're talking with Gary Carmel, president of CWS Capital Partners and author of the recent book, The Philosophical Investor Transforming Wisdom into Wealth. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. 
Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Gary Carmel, president of CWS Capital Partners and author of the recent book, The Philosophical Investor. So, Gary, you talk about a move that you and CWS made. I presume they made that move as a result of your recommendation. And obviously, it has worked very well, and you're still there. So uh, that move was uh, you like variable rate loans. And when interest rates went so far down, the whole world went to fixed rate loans. But you chose variable rate loans, even though the possibility that those rates could have increased significantly. Tell us about that decision and how it's how it has worked for you. Well, I'll have to tap into Schopenhauer again uh, to, to put it in some perspective. He said something to the effect that um, the key is not to think what uh, no one else has thought, but to look at something and think differently about that which everyone sees. In other words, it's not to come up with something that no one has ever thought of before, but to look at the consensus and identify when it may be wrong and to think differently about it. So there was this um, time, obviously 08, 09, 2010, as you said, the world was an abyss. The Federal Reserve was cutting interest rates dramatically. And then the federal government started to run trillion-dollar deficits for the eye, you know, as far as the eye could see. And so it was very understandable that people would have a fear that rates could materially rise. Why wouldn't you take advantage of these historically low rates at a time when the government was facing monumental challenges, but potentially to fund the deficit? And I actually went back and looked at the playbook of the 1930s or or read what Bernanke said. And he was a student of the Great Depression, Ben Bernanke. And he clearly was looking at what the Federal Reserve did and the federal government did back in the 20s and 30s and how some of the solutions that were used and some of the mistakes that were made. And the way I looked at it was the... Bernanke was clearly telegraphing that rates were going to stay down for a very long period of time and that there was a shortage of safe assets in an environment that was very risky and fear was permeating. So people wanted treasury securities. There was going to be an enormous demand for them, and it was the only thing that was going to start getting us out of the hole was federal spending because the private sector was not willing to take a risk. So you had, in my opinion, this very unique situation where there was no new construction of apartments. The demand was going to be at the margin for renting, Rates were going to stay low, despite what people thought. And so we loaded the boat over the last four or five years or so on variable rate debt to the extent that we probably have, say, $2 billion of debt in our portfolio, and maybe 70% of that is variable. And it has paid off because rates have remained low during this period of time. The interest rate advantage over the prevailing fixed rate loan is often one and a half to two percent when the loans start off. So we had that on the house for a while. So the question is, how long will that savings stay in place? And we believed it would stay in place for a while, and it and, and we've been proven right. 
I recently calculated the interest savings that we've earned from having lower cost variable rate loan versus the prevailing fixed rate loan at the time, and it's cumulatively over $45 million during that period of time. So our investors are have prospered handsomely from this decision. The last thing I would say is these loans have much greater prepayment flexibility. In the commercial real estate sector, uh, fixed rate loans have very onerous prepayment penalties if they're paid off early. Variable rate loans do not. So if you want to sell a property or refinance it, you have much more flexibility when it comes to variable rate loans. Hope that didn't get too technical, but um, that's the reality for us. Well, you know, it was very, very interesting because, again, I, 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 this has certainly run against the grain of what the rest of your industry is doing, correct? Yeah, we, for many years, I would say that in the apartment space, 85 to 90 percent of the loans originated were uh, fixed rate. And so we were in the deep minority. It's become a little more prevalent to go variable. But still, most people use fixed-rate financing. Well, that is very interesting. So, Gary, what, what do you foresee, do you see in, in the uh, rental market, uh, in the markets that, that you guys are in that, uh, throughout the country? Uh, do, do you see it remaining pretty much as it is today, high demand for rental properties? Or, or do you see us being in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning there? Uh, what, what do you see? That's always the right question to ask for any investment. What inning are you in? And if you can get that right, you've gone a long way of making money because it helps one from getting bluffed out if uh, some setbacks occur. Because if you think you're in the third or fourth inning, well, you've got many more innings to go. I still feel like we're maybe in the fifth inning. It's, uh, I think this is somewhat of a mega trend here as the millennials you know, continue to age and they're in their prime running years, and I mentioned some other factors as well. I think that just the notion of, and there's this reurbanization phenomenon that's taking place that are making cities more walkable, and we're seeing, I think, seniors that maybe want to have second homes down there and take advantage of that. So, yes, there is more supply of apartments to feed the demand, which is an appropriate response. Single-family housing there's still not enough of it being built. There's a real shortage of starter homes. They've been gobbled up quite a bit by investors in the Blackstones of the world. And the uh, large builders, you don't have the mom-and-pop builders anymore. It's become more of an oligopoly. And they're finding that there's strong demand in more of these urban cores and these higher-priced units. And mortgage credit still remains difficult. So... I would say it, beca- it is a trend that uh, has legs. You still have to be selective on what you buy and where you buy it. But I feel like it's kind of, what do they say, it's the only clean shirt in a dirty laundry. I mean, I think rates are going to stay down for a while. Yield is going to be hard to come by. And um, so I think the returns and the relative the risk will still be relatively compelling over the next few years. Very interesting. So tell us, uh, Gary, a question we like to ask all of our guests is, what keeps you awake at night? LIBOR, (laughs) because we have these variable rate loans. Uh, My biggest concern would be some, and this is technical, some dislocation where it moves independent of the Fed, like it happened in 08, 09. You had this spike. But I would say interest rates do because we don't fix many of our loans. But you know, the trade-off is we get much higher cash flow as a result. That would be the primary one for me, to be honest. Okay. And the second question is, uh, besides your book, mm-hmm. 
What other book on investing has influenced you? Well, I really love Poor Charlie's Almanac, which is a book uh, about Charlie Munger. That's a coffee table sized book and it has a number of his speeches in there. And it's a really entertaining and interesting book. There's also another book that just came out called Charlie Munger, The Complete Investor, which is more of a summary of of that. Uh, They're both very good, but I think anything that uh, Munger writes uh, is is a lifetime worth of wisdom. Well, we appreciate that. That's the first time that uh, I believe any of his books have been recommended by our 150-plus guests here. Ask him all that that question. We hear a lot about Warren Buffett. But we don't hear nearly as much about Charlie Munger. And uh, I really am really not that familiar with him. And I've never seen him uh, really take an interview like Warren Buffett does. So uh, he must be uh, more press shy than Warren is. Uh, but it sounds like he's certainly a great guy to have as a partner here. So what final words? Do, well, first of all, give us your website to, for people who would like to know more about the book and or about CWS uh, Capital Partners. Sure. Thank you. The website for, for CWS is uh, www.cwscapital.com. And on there, you can learn more about the company. And I have uh, or on there are all of my quarterly articles that I write to our investors probably for the last seven years or so. I've been doing it for about 15 plus years. So if someone wants to get some more in-depth understanding about how I and we look at the world, that's all available. And then I have a personal website, www.garycarmel.com. And that's with two L's. And I do a weekly blog there and I have some videos. So that's kind of more real time about what's going through my head. And I talk about a Many different things, you know, philosophy, investing, what's going on in the world, interest rates. So, yeah, so would encourage people to check both of those sites out. Hey, appreciate it. So final words for our listeners here, Gary. Well, I wrote this book because I think deep down everyone has a book inside of them. And we're all crafting our own masterpieces. And to live life authentically and in a way that uh, you're kind of grabbing it by the horns and find with a level of curiosity and depth. I have found that to be a very great way of living my life. And I've been lucky to have incredible partners at home with my wife and in the business world with my partners at CWS. So truly, if you can find that uh, those great partners in life, they say, you know, a good friend stabs you in the front, not in the back. And We all have our blind spots. We all have our deficiencies. So we need to surround ourselves with people that will call us uh, when we're deluding ourselves. And because it's very easy to do that. And so that would be really a strong recommendation is maintain a curious mind or cultivate one and find the great partners in life that can make you better. Gary, thank you very much, and we've loved your little one-liners here and uh, your, your, your direction and quotes from Schopenhauer and others. So thank you very much for doing that. So we appreciate you being here. My pleasure, Charlie. Thank you. So we've been talking with Gary Carmel, president of CWS Capital Partners out of Newport Beach, real estate management company in Southern California, owning and operating luxury apartment communities throughout the U.S., and author of the recent book, The Philosophical Investors. Uh, you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we wish you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to the Strategic Investor. 
Your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. 